Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Today, you are tuning into Season 3, Episode 4 of the 15-Minute Mindset Miniseries, which is the show where I teach you something that's going to improve your well-being, your personal development, or your quality of life in 15 minutes or less. Now, on this particular episode of the show, we are covering a very commonly requested topic from us. So, as a reminder, if you have been listening for a while and you haven't already done so, don't forget that you can send us requested topics for the 15-minute mindset show. So, if you've had something that's playing on your mind, you're not quite sure how to handle it, anything to do with emotions, with your thoughts, with psychology with your mental or emotional well-being or your personal development and you'd like to get it answered, just flick us an email to grow, G-R-O-W, at bucoaching.org with the headline 15-minute mindset topic. And then you can put your question there and we will do our best to answer it on the show. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We're answering one of the most requested topics from us, which is how to have difficult conversations. These are things that we're going to have to have at some point in our life, whether it be at work, with a loved one, with family. The challenge is, how do we do it in a way that's authentic? How do we do it in a way that upholds our values? How do we do it in a way where we don't have to go through a shit ton of stress and anxiety in the lead up to it? And that is exactly what I'm going to be revealing on this episode of the show. I'm going to be giving you seven tips to help you navigate and manage difficult conversations in a really healthy and holistic way. So whether you're someone who fears conflict and really avoids difficult conversations but wants to get better at them, or if maybe there's a difficult conversation looming on your horizon and you're wanting to quickly upskill before you go and jump into that pool and actually have the conversation, then this is a perfect episode for you. So make sure you tune in. As always, I really appreciate it if this topic does resonate with you. If you give us a quick review of the podcast, make sure you subscribe and of course, share it with your friends and family. It is the best way to spread that positive ripple effect that this show is designed for. But with all that said, let's jump straight into this episode and start having a conversation around difficult conversations. Okay, so difficult conversations. It's something that comes up really frequently when we work with our members here at BU on their personal development and well-being journeys, simply because it is something that we're all going to experience in our life. I mentioned at the start of this episode that be it at work, be it in our close relationships, be it with family or with friends, chances are you've either had to have difficult conversations in the past or you know that you're about to be having one. Difficult conversations are part of life. It's part of learning how to stand independently. It's part of learning how to uphold and communicate our boundaries. It's part of learning to uh, clearly convey our expectations and our needs as individuals. But it is something that can be really anxiety-inducing. A lot of people do feel that fear, that anxiety, that stress around conflict. And there's a damn good reason for that. We are mammals and part of the mammalian mind is to seek out approval and connection. We want to feel part of the tribe. And as a result of that, as a byproduct, we do have this built-in fear around upsetting people, being disliked or being kicked out of the group. Simply because if we look at that evolutionary, there was a time that if you were kicked out of the group, if you were kicked out of the tribe, you weren't likely to live. So we are the result 
of generations upon generations of people who were able to uh, be accepted into a group for safety. And that's why when we go to have these difficult conversations, we know that they need to happen. And we know that by putting them off and burying them, we're only making things worse. But there's still that built-in little voice of fear and concern. Now, as a heads up, that built-in voice of fear and concern is not going to go away. This podcast isn't going to magically silence that voice. What it will do is equip you with some skills, some strategies, some approaches to having difficult conversations that will help you feel more prepared for them and that will help you manage and navigate that voice of fear when it does inevitably come up. I still get anxious and nervous when I have difficult conversations with people. The difference though is I'm able to feel that fear and still have the difficult conversation anyway and follow through on it. That's my wish for this podcast for you. It's not that you never feel afraid about having difficult conversations again. Rather, it's about you being able to recognize that fear, overcome it, and still move forward and have that difficult but incredibly important conversation that really needs to be had. So with that said, we're going to do this like all 15-minute mindset episodes. It's going to be rapid fire. We've got seven tips to get through and we're going to do them in less than 15 minutes. So buckle up, strap in, because here we go. So the first tip to having difficult conversations is such a cliched one, but it's such an important one to start with, and that is listen. So often I see people go into these conversations only focusing on what they want to say or what they need the other person to hear and understand, but they don't go in seeking to understand themselves. It's a great approach to difficult conversations that says, if you wish to be understood, first we must seek to understand. So active listening is key here. That means not talking over the other person when it's their turn to speak. It means asking questions to get their perspective. It means repeating back what they've said so that they feel heard. Right Now, yes, we can be sitting here going, well, I wish they'd do that back to me. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I think the world would be much easier if we all had good active listening and good communication skills. But sometimes that's not the case. As the person doing the work on themselves, I always say to our members, that if you're the one doing the work on your personal development and well-being, if you're upskilling yourself, it's with great power comes great responsibility. It is your responsibility to lead these conversations and to lead these changes because you have the tools in the toolkit. So we start by listening. Our second point is to then be clear and direct when we are communicating. One of the most common mistakes I see when people are having difficult conversations is they tiptoe around what they actually want to say. They're worried about hurting other people's feelings. They're worried about being too harsh or blunt or direct. And as a result, they just make this really messy, murky, muddy water that's hard for anyone to see through. Brene Brown, who I absolutely love, says clear is kind. It can be difficult. It can be, it requires a bit of vulnerability for us to be clear about our needs and our feelings. But if we're tiptoeing around it or if we're avoiding having the actual heart of the conversation, it leaves too much room for miscommunication and for misunderstandings. And that's only going to make having that difficult conversation harder the next time around. Our third tip when we're communicating in these difficult situations is to use I statements. We don't want to be pointing the finger here, either literally (laughs) like pointing at someone or pointing the blame and shifting the blame. So we can't mind read and assume someone's intention someone's intentions. A lot of the time I hear people go into these difficult conversations, it just becomes a blame game and people are throwing blame back and forth at each other. 
I statements allow us to take ownership and of, of how we're feeling and to be clear and direct with them whilst not just shifting all blame onto the other party. So we can still recognize certain behaviors. So that's, again, this is where being clear and direct is helpful. And say, instead of saying, hey, you hurt me or you are always, you know, uh, tough on me right? or you're too tough on me, well, let's say that's the one we're going with. Again, not clear at all, super ambiguous, super uh, overexposed when we use words like always and never. Right? But we're not taking any ownership there. It's just you, 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 you. What a healthy way of doing this would be, hey, when you do this, I feel this. And what I need from this situation or what I'd really like to see change is this, right? So we're getting super clear. So, hey, when you give me feedback in this way, I feel hurt by that. I feel belittled. I feel put down. And what I really need from this situation or what I'd like to see change is that when receiving feedback, I also want to hear what I've done well or hear really clear solutions for how I can improve. Right? It, that conversation is so much healthier and more, um, more outcome-oriented than just passing the blame and then leaving the, the, the conversation in this weird blame-oriented space. Now, don't get me wrong, that is harder to do is to have that conversation because you've got to come in clear, you've got to be vulnerable, you've got to put it on the line. Right? I get that that is harder to do, but it is more beneficial. Now, in the case that we're having these difficult conversations and they're not going the way that we'd like them to, maybe we're getting exasperated or flustered, maybe emotions are starting to rise on either side, maybe it's just not like we're just not aligning in our communication this is where the fourth tip comes in. It is okay to take breaks. You don't have to solve a problem in one conversation. You don't have to knock it all over in one big hit. Uh, sometimes it's actually really healthy to go, hey, can we loop back to this? Can we come back after we both get a bit of breathing room and clear our heads? We've both had a lot to say. I think we both need a bit of room to process. Let's come back and regroup on this tomorrow. Now, the key thing here is make sure you set a time to come back to it. Otherwise, it just keeps getting pushed back. Again, difficult conversations aren't really fun. No one gets excited about having them. So if we don't actually set this clear boundary of, hey, we are going to pick up where we left off at this time, then it can be too easy to just let it slide and push back and push back, push back. And we wait till the next emotional outburst before we bring it up again. So when we're in the conversation, don't feel pressured or uh, like you have to have an answer to things straight away. It's okay to be like, hey, I don't have an answer to that right now. I need to go figure that out. I'd like to go sit with that. Taking breaks contrary to popular belief around what we get told around marriages of never go to bed angry. Sometimes it's healthier to go to bed angry and pick it up after you've both had a sleep on it. After you've both got some breathing room. Again, you don't have to solve it straight away. Now, our fifth tip kind of loops back to that first one of actually listening. And that's when we're coming into these conversations come in from a place of curiosity and compassion. If we're not ready to come in and actually be curious about the other person's answers and be compassionate with their experience, we're not ready to have the difficult conversation yet. It's that simple. And sometimes it takes a bit of self-work and a bit of working on our own emotional state to get ourselves ready to have these conversations in a healthy and effective way. We don't want to be storming in, knocking down the door, getting angry and riled up. That's not going to be a healthy way to approach this conversation for you or for them. But if you can come in and be like, okay, yes, I'm honoring how I feel, but I'm also curious about how you're feeling and I'm compassionate towards your experience, 
that's going to set us up to be in the best position possible to have these clear, direct, honest, and authentic conversations that whilst difficult, whilst challenging, can lead to a healthier relationship or better outcomes, at bare minimum, a better understanding. Our second last tip is a great one that I actually picked up from uh, one of our team here at BU, Josh, who's one of our staff members. He mentioned to me once that he'd noticed a pattern where he would trade his happiness for the need to be right. And I thought it was such a profound little insight into a mistake that I know I've made in the past. I've seen a lot of our members make. I've seen a lot of people make, which is we go into difficult conversations trying to prove the other person wrong or trying to prove ourselves right. And it sets up this adversarial me versus you. Someone must be wrong. Someone must be right. Like zero sum game. No one wins at the end of the day from that. And what Josh was referring to is he noticed when he was having difficult conversations, rather than just letting things go and forgiving and going, you know what, some things we don't agree on or um, some things we have different values on, some things we have different approaches to, rather than just going, okay, as long as the core message of this conversation is received and the core outcome is, you know, uh, honored and heard, he'd get really caught up in the nitty gritty and in the details. And it would become an argument about trying to be right on all of the details rather than just moving forward with a happier relationship. I think it's such a great insight when we come into these difficult conversations to go, it is not a high school debate match. This is a conversation with someone who is in your life that you care enough about, be it an employee, co-worker, boss, friend, family. You care enough about them to have a conversation around improving the relationship. So why would we come at it as this adversarial, I need to be right, you need to be wrong. If we catch ourselves doing that, it's time to take a step back, have a break, have a breather and come back in again, bring some of that curiosity and compassion. And last but not least, our, our last tip to really navigating and handling these difficult conversations is to focus on one topic at a time. Too often, once we open the kettle of fish, they all come out. And I see this a lot in relationships where people will start a difficult conversation around one behavior or one particular thing, and then it will spiral and it'll just be an, ex- an opportunity for people to bring up all of their old wounds or all of their old angers with each other and frustrations with each other. And then it just becomes this downward spiral into... Uh, trying to change too many things at once, spirals back into blame, spirals back into resentment. And again, we're not approaching this as a, we're on a team trying to solve a problem here, right? Together, it becomes, you're the problem and I'm trying to fix you, which is not a healthy way to have these difficult conversations, right? Um, so again, focus on one topic and, and call it out at the start. It's another expression of being clear and direct. Hey, I want to have a conversation today about this, about this particular behavior and how I feel about it. Not, hey, I want to have a conversation today and change absolutely everything right? or bring up five years worth of uh, frustrations. That's not a healthy way to approach them. So again, when we look at the seven, we have listen, be clear and direct, use our I statements, take breaks, uh, be curious and compassionate. Don't trade your happiness for the need to be right and approach the conversations one topic at a time.
And just in time, that brings us to the end of this episode of the 15-Minute Mindset mini-series right here on BU with Declan Edwards. As I said at the start, it does mean the world to me when you like, subscribe, and review the podcast. Share it with your friends and family. Help us get the word out there because it's with your help that we can spread this positive ripple effect of change and get uh, these tools and strategies into the hands of more people so that they too can learn how to manage their mind and master their emotions. Now, as always, if this resonated with you, let us know. Flick us an email or jump onto our website and click contact us uh, to give us some feedback on the show, to request any topics, or if you are looking to accelerate your personal development and well-being journey and take it to the next step and really immerse yourself uh, in the right team of people with the right tools and strategies to help you thrive and show up as the best version of yourself, then make sure you head to our website and download our free copy of our coaching info kit. It will give you a bunch more information about our signature coaching program that we run where we help people all around the world. Currently, we have members in three different countries, uh, mainly throughout Australia, which is obviously our home country. Uh, We help people all around the world and, and particularly all around Australia to really step up in life and to gain access to the tools and team to thrive So as I said, if you do want to find out more about that coaching program, head straight to the website. All of the links are in the show notes. And until the next time we talk, you know what we do? Make an impact. Start with self and be you.